The Red Robin podcast is powered by Budget Tyres Auto Centre, the only car specialist trusted by supporters, players and club officials. Head down to Leeds Road and check them out for all your motoring needs. Hello and welcome to this week's Red Robin Podcast Weekly and it's one hulky hour of an episode as we look forward to the Robins upcoming Challenge Cup final against the Lee Leopards. Joining me on this week's podcast to look forward to the game are two former Robins who have both got their hands on the Challenge Cup trophy. Paul Cook and Nick Pinkney discuss Hulkington Rovers' chances on Saturday and share their experiences of playing in the greatest rugby league competition in the world. We also are very fortunate to get an opposition view from Lee Leopard's owner, Derek Beaumont, and we delve into the Red Robin Heritage cast vault to hear from Robin's legend, Dave Hall, and listen to his memories of winning the Challenge Cup for the Red and Whites. Plus, we hear from a panel of podcast regulars a supporter steve till graham turner carl smith and james perlin join me to give their views ahead of rovers wembley showdown against the lee leopards let's begin this week's red robin podcast weekly firstly though by catching up with sky sports rugby league summariser and friend of the podcast paul cook cookie great to have you back on the red robin podcast weekly and of course it's a very special podcast weekly, isn't it? As Hulkington Rovers face the Lee Leopards in the Challenge Cup final on Saturday. Um, I mean, these are the games that, that players want to be part of. They're the sub- games that the supporters long for, but but the players as well. You know, you've obviously got great experience of playing in the Challenge Cup, Challenge Cup final, lifting the trophy. Uh, fantastic memories for you. And, and I'm yeah. sure the players on Saturday will be looking to create their own memories as well. Yeah, and it's been a long time, hasn't it, between drinks for the, the red and white fans. Um, I think it's a final which captures the imagination of most people too, uh, including neutrals. You know, the, the town of Lee's going to empty and the east side of our city will on Saturday. Um, but it'll be nice to have a new name on the trophy. And I think you're genuinely going down on Saturday and not really knowing which team will win. It could be either team. They're both very evenly matched. Lee are in great form in the Super League and Hulk Yar have obviously rested all their players ready for what is going to be a massive game on Saturday. And it's exciting. It's exciting for everybody. I'm, I'm sure it's exciting for, you know, for, from Neil Udgell at the top of the club right down to, to the kit man and, and the tea ladies and, and, and all the fans alike. Yeah, and, um, you know, the Challenge Cup, plenty of discussion about its place in the game of Rugby League at the moment. Do, do you think this is the game that the, the competition needed? Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure it's the game the competition needed. I think the competition holds its own history and heritage, and that will never be changed. I think everybody in this country, um, and even in Australia, those that come over understand the importance of the Challenge Cup and and its very rich history. Um, we see every year when the cups on and the finals on, particularly the tries that are iconic in the Challenge Cup finals uh, of years gone past. And yeah, I, I, I think it probably needs a revamp in terms of. Um, I think in the competition when I played in it, certainly you could play a lower league team or even an amateur team, and and it would be a payday for the the the, the lesser team, if you like. Um, you know, and I think we, you probably miss them a little bit, but um, you know the amount of games that we have as as top professionals in, in Super League, that's maybe a reason why they shouldn't uh, revert back to the old way of doing it. But to me, it still holds uh, a special pay, place in, and it should do in everybody's hearts. Yeah, and uh, if we look at the game specifically, 
Uh, we saw over the weekend two different approaches from, yeah. from the two clubs. Uh, Willie Peters obviously rested a number of key players, uh, loan players into field aside, promoted some of the academy lads to to get a game against Wigan. Um, the Lee side who faced Leeds was was pretty much strong, you know, the strongest it yeah. could be. I know Adrian Lamb rested, you know, a, a handful of players, but there were still some big hitters out there. I suppose there's no right or wrong way of doing it, is there? We'll find out at 5pm on, on Saturday which was the right approach. Well, I don't, I don't think that approach to the game is going to make a blind bit of difference to the result on this, on this weekend. Um, fair, certainly, I think you earn the right to be able to do what you want to do. Um, you earn the right to be able to leave that many starters, starters in your team uh, with regards to the weekend before Wembley. If you've got that many players in your squad and that much of an academy that you can field the team. Um, I don't think Leah had that luxury anyway. I don't think they've got the players to be able to do it. But I certainly think there's merit and, and mileage in going into the game before Wembley with a full-strength team and getting a good result. I also don't think the weekend before that, when, when Wigan hammered Lee, it would have made zero sense then for Lee to rest a load of players if they had an academy. Because you can't go into a, a Challenge Cup final when you've, you've, your starting team, if you like, has been hammered by your local rivals in Wigan. Um, so I think he would have had to play his team anyway. Uh, I don't think there's a right or wrong way to do it. I don't think it'll have any bearing on the result of the weekend, as I said. And I just think that whoever plays the best on, on Saturday is, is going to be the team crowned Challenge Cup champions this year, Challenge Cup trophy winners. Yeah, and um, I mean, Cookie, if you, if you was a Hull Kingston Rovers player who'd been rested, would you appreciate the rest or would you want to be out there playing every game? Yeah, I've been asked this question lots. As a player, I would have wanted to play. But but I can understand it being taken out of your hands as a player, if because the rules are the way they are now. In terms of, and I'm talking in terms of HIAs and suspensions and the risk of a HIA and suspension. So I can certainly understand the marriage in leaving all your best players out and all, all your team that are going to play at Wembley out. Um, but I always like to play and keep playing and keep playing well. I wouldn't have appreciated being left out had we got hammered at Wigan the week before. If I was in the lead changing rooms, I'd have wanted to play at Leeds. Um, but then I can understand Hulkia and Willie Peters leaving all his team out after they had a good result against uh, against Castleford. And the other good thing for that result against Castleford was everybody around them lost. So they ended up going up a place. Um, so uh, and I don't like to use these words, but going to, to Wigan was a free bat for everybody playing. And, and it's a poor term in rugby league, but they did have a free bat because they was able to lose the game and still stay in the six. Whereas Adia lost the game the week before and, and then moved out of the six with a, a hammering at Wigan as they got. I think that would have, have looked really bad. But yeah, I just think as a player, I'd have wanted to play, but as I can understand them, them being taken out of their hands at OKR with an academy and the loan players that they brought in in, in, in preparation for what is a massive week. Yeah, and I suppose what makes it a little bit more difficult, Cookie, is that you know normally a game like this is at the end of the season. It's what you finish yeah. on. Whereas this is you know slap bang in the in the middle of the season almost. Uh, Rovers obviously pushing for the playoffs. Lee exactly the same. Yeah. Also come comes uh, Sunday morning. You know you got you've got to get up for the next game, which is a league game. Do you think that has any impact on on the players, or do you think they're able to box it off this week and, and treat it as a, a one off occasion? Um, I, I think when I think when you're playing in a Challenge Cup final, that'll always be at the forefront of your mind. And I think losing one or winning one 
will also be at the forefront of your mind because it's so difficult to to get over losing big games. Um, and, and when you win and celebrate, as I'm sure them, whichever team wins and celebrates accordingly, it's difficult to get up for the next week. Mm. And we saw we saw that, and I, and I don't mean this with any disrespect to Castleford, but Hulke I got the the best of the draw after winning the semi final because they played a Castleford team who were poor and the poorest team in the competition. Whereas Lee went to Wigan and faced a full-strength Wigan team with a full-strength Lee team and got the backsides handed to them. So I think it's really difficult to get over um, a, a big loss. And it's also equally as difficult to, to get over winning such a big game. So um, I think all focus is on Wembley this week, clearly, for both teams. Um, and they'll try and deal with whatever's next after the, the cup final, whether they're, they're drowning sorrows or celebrating drinks. Yeah, and, and when we look at that Wigan game on, on Friday night, of course, the Robins took a bit of a, a batter in there. What interested me, though, was not necessarily the players who uh, wasn't playing. It was the players who were on the field, uh, yeah. and one of them being Rowan Milnes, uh, yeah. which throws up the question, will he feature in the final? Because, obviously, we've seen the semi-final where Michael Lewis was moved to, to the, uh, the full-back role. Uh, performed very well there. We've seen Brad Schneider come into the side. There's rumours abound that Jordan Abdul could suddenly make a, a miraculous recovery. And yeah. I suppose Milne's playing on Friday night just leaves a little bit of a question mark over over where he'll feature in the final or not. Yeah, it does. Um, and I guess I guess there's lots of that. that lots of the, the the suggestions of Abdul and, and Milne's being in on Friday night and Lewis playing fullback or half. Lots of them suggestions are born out of the fact that. Milne's played Friday and that's it. Mm. Um, I, I don't know why he played Rowan Milne's on Friday. I don't understand the logistics around that, but there will be a reason. And the the, the thing with Abdul coming back to me is, one, you, you, your mind casts back to Kane Lynette of the semi-final in 2022, again. Um, Ryan Hall then declares himself fit, but pulls out in the warm-up of the semi-final. Uh, will Ryan Hall play? Ethan Ryan playing fullback or playing on the wing. There's lots of different scenarios surrounding players that may, may or may not play. And I do believe that can play into the opposition's hands if you don't know what you're doing and you make such a late call. Um, if everybody knows what's happening early on in the week, then that's fine. Um, and we had a little bit of that. When I played in the 2005 Cup final, Keith Senior was a massive doubt for them and played. And it was clear to see after four minutes that he wasn't fit. Um, and I just questioned that the the why you would select a player when he's 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 fifty percent fit or eighty percent fit in such a big game. Um, so it's a massive decision for Willie Peters on does he play Ryan Hall and run the risk of him breaking down in the warm up again, or is he declared fully fit? Because what you can't afford to do is keep having these scenarios. I mean, I don't I, listen. They didn't get away with it in the semi final because I think they deserve to win the game, um, but. You don't want any any clouds of doubt, you know, circling over the top of you as a group of players, leading up to such a big game. So um, the sooner that Willie knows his players are playing, the better. And it are not, and he can obviously then he can obviously plan for different scenarios, i.e., Ryan Hall coming out of the team after warm up, or if he plays Jordan Abdul, does he play Rowan Milnes off the bench because he needs a genuine half in case Abdul isn't able to fully finish the game so it's just a, it's really interesting what's going to happen with regards to this team selection because as, as stupid as that seems it can make a big difference to, to the players mental approach to a game 
Yeah, and we, another player who's who's got a huge week ahead of him, uh, Cookies, Sean Kenny Dowell, of course. We know yeah. he's retiring at the end of the season. Um, I mean, a glorious career in, in rugby league, and he's desperate to deliver success to the red and white supporters. Um, he's desperate to lift the trophy himself as well. But he's got such an important job around the camp as well, hasn't he, in, in, in that leadership role that he's got? Well, that came to the fore in the semi-final, didn't it? You know, I think I remember. Well, I did read Willie Peters saying uh, Sean Kenny Dowell mentioned that Ryan Hall was not going to play. Mikey had gone to full back. Ethan Ryan had gone onto the wing, um, uh, and it was all sorted before Willie Peters even needed to, to involve himself in them discussions. And it was sorted through Sean Kenny Dowell. So obviously, he's very, very important to the club. Let's not forget his offload for the Ryan try as well in the in the corner in the semi-final. It's his last hurrah in terms of the Challenge Cup, in terms of playing in a Challenge Cup fixture uh, before he retires at the end of the year. I'm sure it will be spoken about as well. I dare say that there'll be team meetings where Sean Kenny Dowell is is mentioned and asked to speak and the players speak about him uh, and it can get pretty emotional. So, yeah, I just think he's a vital part of the Old Kingston Rovers team and, and the way that the players cog and the psyche of the players off the field. Yeah, and one of the big criticisms from 2015, uh, you know, 50-0 defeat was the preparation in the build-up to the final just wasn't right. But Rose, a number of the former players who've, who've, who I've spoke to on the Heritage cast, have just said, look, there was just certain things going on. The training facilities weren't great and they just didn't, they didn't have almost that mojo. They just got, went into the final feeling a little bit undercooked. I mean, the preparation is so, so important going into a game like this. Absolutely, um, and it can't it can't be underestimated, uh, and that's what I'm saying about team selection and preparation. Because if the team's prepared and knows what they're doing, then you get a better training, get a better training session and, and, and practice session. Um, but it can go wrong as well. It can go wrong, and you've got to be able to adapt as players. Um, you know, uh, the story which I'll go back. You know, Sean Briscoe gets appendicitis on the bus on the way down, and. We'd not planned for that all week. That was Thursday afternoon. We had team run to sort it out. But we sorted it out the night before and went into team run knowing exactly what was happening. And uh, you've got to be able to adapt to things, of course. And facilities are certainly important. No, the team needs to feel that they're in a space and a, a safe space when they're doing the things that they need to practice together. Uh, and the pitches need to be right. And, you know, we've seen lots of times where pitches have not been right. Roy Keane came on from a World Cup uh, in America for, for the Republic of Ireland. So, yeah, it's really important that you try and get as many of the distractions or that could perceive to be distractions out of the way and make sure that you're preparing the team as best as possible. Um but I certainly don't buy into the idea that it, that will cost you. Um, you've got to be able to be stronger than that and adapt. Yeah, and Cookie, I suppose million dollar question: Where do you see uh, where do you see the trophy going come five o'clock on on Saturday? Well, I listen. I think Hulkia will win. That's my opinion. Uh, I think they're made of a, a sterner and a steel a steel that we've not not seen the lights of with Hulkia. But they are playing against a really good team or at the, on if you like, on the crest of a wave at the minute. I know they lost against Wigan after the emotional high of beating St Helens in the semi. They're turning up for one another. They're battling really hard. I wouldn't be surprised if it went back to Lee. Um, and I've got an affiliation with that club in terms of being employed by them. And, and Derek Beaumont's still a friend of mine. And Neil Duke's another one. Chris Chester, another one. So, 
Uh, I'm pleased for them people that the, the, the club is flying high in joint second, third in Super League now with points difference and are in the Challenge Cup final. But it'd be the same for me. I, I, I love Hull and Hull Sports, Hull City, Hull FC, Hull KR, um, you know, whoever it may be. I want them to win. So um, I'm going down there with, um, you know, my partner and my youngest daughter. We're going to have a great day. We're going to really enjoy it. Um, it'll be... I'll be, it'd be tinged with sadness, if, I must admit, if Hulky I don't win it. Um, but I'll be pleased for Derek and, and their board of directors and, and the club and the people at the club that are, are really good people. Um, and I'll lick wounds and, and quietly go off thinking that I've predicted the wrong team. <laughs> Always great value, Paul Cook. And he, he brings such a level-headed view to rugby league. And, of course, you'll notice he's been on Sky Sports most recently. So... Really appreciate Cookie coming on and giving his opinion on Rovers versus the Lee Leopards in the Challenge Cup. Now, he's not the only former Robin that I managed to catch up with uh, in the lead-up to the game on Saturday. I also caught up with former Robin Nick Pinkney and, of course, a winner of the Challenge Cup himself back in 1998 when the Sheffield Eagles famously beat the Wigan Warriors uh, to bring home the trophy to Sheffield. I caught with him to discuss Saturday's game and he give, shares his opinions on what might be in, in store for the Robins on Saturday. Nick, it's a real pleasure to be able to speak to you on what is a, a fantastic week for the Robins. The build-up to the Challenge Cup is, is getting um, faster and more exciting as we get closer to Saturday. You're no stranger to the competition, of course, famous. Famously defeating the Wigan Warriors back in '98, scoring a try. Um, I mean, I suppose as a former player, these are the weeks, these are the the games that you want to be part of when you look back. Oh, absolutely, yeah. This is this is why you play the game. It's it's exactly, you know, the, why the the players started went from being kids, and this is what they dream of, and this is where, you know, you get your inspiration from. And yeah, I mean, they'll all be they'll all be nervous. Don't get me wrong, because it's a massive occasion, but. Um, yeah, what a, what a great what a great platform for the players to be at this weekend. Yeah, and when you look back, I mean, it's a few years ago now, Nick. But that that build up that week before leading up to the to the Challenge Cup <laughs> final was it was it easy? Did you have to try and blank it out, or did you embrace it? I suppose it's, every player is different. Yeah, we had we had a lot of preparation going into it. I think I've spoken about it a few times on the radio. Um, we had John Keir, John Keir was in charge at the time, and we had um, Steve Deakin and. And, and Simon Worsnop and other people. Um, Alan Tomlinson was the physio. And there was all like part of a psychology team. To, and there was, they all had their, their roles through that week and through maybe the monthly leading up to that game um, to try and get us psychologically ready for the game. Um, I know it sounds maybe a little bit deep and a li little bit, you know, much, but you, you've got to be ready for the occasion. You know, when you walk out, uh, it kind of hits you. It, the, the atmosphere, the... The emotion of the occasion hits you, so you, you've got to be ready for that. And, and we can the chatter emotionally get us ready for that. Um, so in our mind, we'd already kind of experienced it, so we went through quite a lot of processes and got used to the environment. I spoke about that last week. We got used to the environment. We went to Wembley. We we sat up in the stand and looked at where we'd play and, and got used to the area on the field where we'd, you know, where you'd mostly be throughout the eighty minutes. Um, and just try to visualise things, as I say, about the occasion and, and you know what what you could expect out there, just so it didn't all come as a, a massive surprise um, when you walked out and, and when you started playing the game. So, yeah, it was, it, it was, it was, we had a really good team of people around us, you know, during that time. 
Yeah, and when you look at the Robins now, you know, people like Danny Maguire, uh, Brett Delaney, Dave Hodgson, you know, Ryan Hall, Sean Kenny Dow. There's some experienced players and, and coaching staff there who've been around the block. So so hopefully, you know, they're gonna gonna be able to to use their experience to good advantage on Saturday. Yeah, yeah, you you think so. I think they're they're the key to it. They're the, the really important pieces of the puzzle are the your experienced players. Um, I think there's Ryan Hall, Danny Maguire probably been there before. Um, I'm not sure about Brett Delaney, he probably maybe maybe has. Um, but yeah, I mean there's not many in the in the actual squad of players that said something that's that's actually been to this occasion before. So um it's new it's a new one for for most people. But um I'm sure that Ryan Hall and, and Delaney and, and Maguire are doing, you know, and are doing their little bits to try and put the players right and the mindset. It's, it's interesting for me. I mean I don't know what the preparation's been leading up. I don't know if they've done the Sims what we did. I don't know if they've been to the ground and you know, done the walk around and all that kind of thing. I'm pretty sure they will have done. Um um, so yeah, they'll have done a lot of work on that, and I'm pretty sure the psychology will be right for the day. Yeah, I mean the itinerary is the uh, the depart Craven Park tomorrow, head down to Wembley, uh, overnight stay in hotel. I think they've got one training session at Wembley on Friday, um, and then obviously on on game day straight to Wembley. And I suppose the the, the preparation's a little bit different uh, with there being three games on the women's final and the and the eighteen. 95 Cup final as well, so you've got six teams obviously vying for training yes. slots. Busy, busy, day. busy so day, isn't it? Yeah, it's a busy old day. And and Willie Peters has got some big calls to make. Obviously, he arrested a number of key personnel against Wigan. Um, there was a number of players who did play in that game who, who, who you probably expect to feat in the final. Um, Willie Peters has been ill for the last few days, so he's been away from. From the camp, um, I think the players had a day off yesterday. But when you look at that, that 13 he's got to pick, and then obviously the interchanges, there's going to be some players, unfortunately, who are going to miss out on Saturday, who many people might expect to play. And of course, uh, Nick, it's going to be interesting to see who lines up at fullback and in the halves with Mikey Lewis playing there previously and Schneider being there. How, how do you yeah. think on Saturday? Well, it, I mean, I think the smart one is probably on senior and, and Kainos missing out. Isn't it? And um, Hadley and Ryan Hall coming back in, you'd expect, and, and keeping the heart and the spine the way it has been with Lytton and Passel mixing and matching whichever way he seems fit on the day. Um, you'd expect that's that's the way it'd probably go. And that's the way you'd, you'd think he probably would pick it with Hadley. The experience out there, he's been fantastic as Dean, so he deserves his spot on that field. So, uh, But yeah, I mean, You'd expect that to be the team. Very little changes from what we've seen previously, apart from Wigan. Wigan last game, of course. Um, you'd expect that same that same seventeen plus Hadley and uh, and and Ryan Hall back in there. Yeah, and one player in particular, uh, Schneider. I mean, what a baptism of fire it's been for him. You know, from stepping off the plane and coming over to Heastall and and to now be playing in a well, probably playing in a Challenge Cup final. Would expect him to line up. I mean, he's a player who's sort of really adapted to that that uh, short-term loan deal, what he's come across on, and, and he's took the chance with both hands. And, and you know, when you look at Lance Trod Trophy winners and, and, and you start having them conversations, you wonder if someone like a Schneider might be the man or, or whether it might be a Mikey Lewis who, who comes away with the trophy on Saturday. Yeah, incredible. I mean, the story for him is, is just that. It's, it's an incredible story. Um, a kid that, that admits he's, he's only ever kicked two job goals in his life and there was in his first two games for OKR. I mean, it's just, 
it is it's just an incredible um, turn of events for him it really is i mean that first drop goal was was horrible wasn't it but it, it won the game didn't it but the one against um wigan in the center was was as sweet as you'll ever you'll ever see i mean 40 yarder it's it's what dreams are made of from a halfback that's the that's the key moments that they they're made for that's that's where they want to be so for him to nail that on that occasion was just something else. That was yeah, just well, just a moment in time that will be real for, for such a long time, especially if you know we can do the business on on Saturday afternoon. And yeah, you know, I think the whole thing will come together then as a as a fantastic well, um, story that'll be yeah, really for for years to come. Yeah, um, I mean, we can't discount Lino, can we? Formidable opposition performed absolutely terrific in Super League this season. Of course, put out St. Helens in the semi-finals. They will believe just as much as Ulkington Rovers that they can put their name on the trophy this season. And, and from a neutral point of view, I can understand why it's captured a lot of people's imagination this game. And it is a really hard one to call, isn't it? It is. I mean, Leatham, I think they're 52 years in and Rovers are 43 years in, I think, aren't they, from either of them winning the trophy last. So both of them have got, you know, lots of, uh, a lot to play for, if you like, and a, a lot of history to make up for. And, so it's quite a long time between drinks, if you like. So, but both of the clubs will be, will be absolutely hungry for it. And yeah, I think everybody's been watching Leaf in the last couple of weeks, haven't they? With just to see if they're just falling off a little bit, see if the if it's getting to them, you know, psychologically. Um, and you maybe could have thought that week previous, but I thought that, I mean I didn't see the full game against Leeds just gone, but um, it looks like they've they've got away with it there and pulled, pulled a result around. I'm not sure, I mean, I've been away, as you can see, so it's, um, I'm not sure, I didn't see the game, to be honest with you. I only caught the first 10 minutes and then uh, I kind of lost it. But um, yeah, so you can maybe tell me how, how, how it went, because I haven't even seen any write-ups about it. But, um, they seem to sneak through it. Um, but we'll I think they're rolling with the punches at the moment, Nick. I think you've got a squad of players, obviously, a little smaller than other squads that are not running with a reserve side or an academy, so... They've got a group of players there who pretty much have to play week in, week out. And we've been very fortunate with injuries. And I think yeah. um, for, for that Leeds game, it was very much about getting through it. Um, yeah. And, and they came away with a result as well, which, you know, cements their place. Yeah, there was there was a lot of talk, wasn't there, midweek about Rovers resting players and, and all the nonsense that you hear week in, week out. St. Helens do it every year, sort of week, and the rest all the players. But it was a good bit of banter for people to have about OKR. And you're dead right. If Lee had have had the opportunity, they're doing exactly the same. They just didn't have any players. They don't have an academy. They don't have an A team. So, you know, they didn't have the opportunity to do so. They had to play their players. It's, it's just the way it is. Yeah, and and if Rovers do lose on Saturday and, and Christ God, we hope we don't. But it won't be because the rest of the players against Wigan. That will not be the the factor in, in why they've, they've lost. And, and you know. We hope it don't come to that. I mean, the Challenge Cup, Nick, like we've mentioned, you've got lots of memories, lots of happy memories of the competition. This is a competition where one good game, one piece of magic, and you can go down in folklore. Absolutely. Absolutely. They're, they're, they're there to be written into history. All these players, that's what they're really... Look, the thing is, you don't want that to get into your psychology because it can kind of knock you for six a little bit. But, I mean, they're on, they're on the brink of something really, really special uh, for a really special club. Um I mean, if you look at the last lot of players, they're still absolutely written into into stone at OKR. Um, and that's what these players are on the brink of doing. Uh, and I'll always say, one, the last thing you ever want from a game like this is not to be able to remember it. You want to be able to bring it back up. You want to think of it with happy memories, a great occasion. 
the last thing you want to do is get to the pinnacle of our game like this and then think, oh, well, I don't want to think about that one again. Like 2015, I mean, we don't really like to bring that up too often, do we? No. Um, but so we don't want that again, that's for sure. But and look, I think this is going to be a really competitive game. I really, really do. And um, we'll just have to see how it goes on the day. But, you know, I think we've got the squad to do it. I think they've got players to do it, big game players, games that'll, players that will step up when necessary. So, you know, all they've got to do is, is, is play some potential on the day. And I think that they can do it. Yeah, and um, like I said, there's already some big calls to be made in terms of team selection, Nick. Um, I mean, what are your preparations like for, for a day like Saturday? Well, we're good on Friday. Um, we've got sports stock to do for, for, for Humberside in the, in the afternoon time. So, And then we'll just we'll just make sure that we're ready for the day. We'll go down nice and early, get a lot of fan reaction. Um, we'll have Josh out and about with his mic, you know, getting loads of fan Voxes were on the stadium, so that's always really that's it's it's great atmosphere, great to hear people's, you know, nerves and and the nervous tension that they've got in them, um, and the apprehension what what always comes into these sort of games. But so uh, yeah, that that it's pretty relaxed for us. We just get there nice and early, make sure we all set something, just enjoy the game. And of course, it you can hear uh, from Nick Pinkney and the rest of the team at BBC Radio Homicide live on the radio on Saturday. Now, you know, if you're a regular listener to the podcast, we always like to get an opposition view on the game. Um, and there's no person better to give us the opposition view ahead of Saturday's game than Lee Leopardona, Derek Beaumont. I caught up with him to discuss the Robin chances and to d- discuss what it takes uh, in terms of planning and organising uh, everything that goes around the game on Saturday. Derek, it's a real pleasure to be able to speak to you on on what is a huge week, really, for both clubs, isn't it? The uh, the Lee Leopards and Old Kingston Rovers facing off in the Challenge Cup final at Wembley on Saturday. Um, Derek, I mean, if you cast you back to the start of the season, was this was this a dream to be? Did you expect to be in the final? Was you come challenging to be in the final, or is that as it comes as a surprise to you to see where you are now uh, on, and facing the, the Robins on Saturday? I thought, you know, I think everyone says they lost the magic in the cup, don't they? But we thought that that was. So if 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 I'm surprised at anything, it's where we are in the league from you know from the start of it. Um, we always felt that three games in the cup, if you get a bit of the right draw, which without being disrespectful to Wakefield and York at that point where Wakefield were. Uh, although York gives an undinger of a game, you know, it did look, didn't it, to anybody on paper that that was the easiest path that anyone had faced. Um, and then out of the bag comes St. Ellen's, actually, before we start playing York, and you think, oh, my God, you know. Um, but but as a group, we felt that it was something we could challenge for. I'm sure you did. I think, in fact, every Super League club probably believes they've got a good chance in that. So it's still a dream. Um you know, to, to achieve it um, and, and get there. And, and it's something we'll celebrate. I know you was there not too long ago, so you're a bit more experienced than uh, than we are. But for us, it's come as a bit of a shock as well in terms of what's involved and the magnitude of the whole thing. Uh, we certainly didn't plan to be doing loads of black and white leopard print for all your neighbours down there, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> as I say, that's probably doubled your fan base, hasn't it? <laughs> it <laughs> Well, you, you know, it's it's funny isn't it? because we'll probably, I mean, I know you guys are like, you get a great following, don't you? And I know, I think I saw something you just sold, is it 16,000? 
Yeah, I think officially 16,000. I don't think that takes into account, you know, tickets bought prior to, to the yeah. semi-final. So, yeah, it's, it's a huge following that is going down to Wembley. Yeah, I mean, it's, that, that is, you know, that is absolutely brilliant. Like you say, you'll have all those who bought the early birds who'll just go no matter what, so they buy them early. So you'll have far more than that. And, and it's always... I think as well, we'll probably be a lot of people's second club because we've never been there for 50 years and, and and then you'll get that Lancashire-Yorkshire element, I hope, as well. But then I think your rivalry is more fierce because you've both always kind of, apart from that one year, you've both always been at the top and it's a, it's a fierce derby. So there'll be very few black and white fans or the hardcore ones that they prefer to get behind you, man, I don't think. From, well, certainly the ones I know will. Um, and that'll be the same for some Wigan fans, but I think a lot of Wigan fans will, will get behind Lee as being in the same borough and not really having been competing with them for most of the last 20 years, probably three seasons out of that. So I think we might see a bit of support for us that's not genuinely always ours, which might make it look a bit more balanced, but I'm sure it'll be a great atmosphere. Yeah, and I think, Derek, as well, the... Uh... You know, I dare say that many people would have expected a St Helens Wigan final, um, and credit to both sides for for pipping them and getting to the final. And I think it's a game that's really captivated the neutral. I think it was yeah. maybe the final was ready for a game like this, a bit of change of scene. You know, the traditional sides who normally get to the finals not being there. I think this is a great um, a great opportunity for both sides. And, and I genuinely don't think people can call call the game because I think both sides are going into it with a, a little bit of form. I, de- I mean, the Robins uh, defeat on Friday will get quickly yeah, forgotten about. And, and But, you know, both sides have played some tremendous rugby league this season already. Yeah. So it is one that is really, really hard to call for, for the neutral. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's two people. I'm just looking here on my phone because uh, I remember a text. Obviously, I'm, I'm friends with Neil Odell. He's someone I've got a lot of respect for in the game. But... There's two people that thought it could be possible, um, and, and that was uh, was me and him for sure. Um, I'm just getting this up here now. So, in fact, it was on the 22nd of May, um, and, and it, <laughs> I actually circled and sent it in back. Um, wow. And he put, let's try to do it then. Um, I think it was when the draw had come. Um, you know, that would be some story Wembley in successive years in different comps. And uh, I said, let's have a go at achieving it. Uh, it's a goal we potentially set beginning of the year to win back the 1895 and compete for the Challenge Cup. It's a good draw for you guys as well. Imagine two teams promoted from the champ in the last few years competed in a final. That would be some story in itself. And you put, let's try to do it then, you know. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's kind of, there it is. It's, it's turned out that way. And I think both teams on the day can play really attacking, entertaining rugby as well. Um, mm-hmm. You know, and, and you guys was up the second, weren't you? And then just, you know, you lost Jordan and a couple of others and obviously you lost Coot and Willie's had to rejigger with where, he, where he's at and, and, and then you brought uh, Schneider in and stuff. And, and it, it, it's, it's hard because what's, what's one, you know, all of a sudden one or two players and, and, and it all just gets unsettled and I was saying the other day that was a massive game for us yesterday against Leeds, and and I bet you guys are probably rooting for us as well in terms of you know how it does. I look at other teams as well, and uh, you know I was saying if we'd have lost that, you know we'd lost to Wigan, we could well lose to you in the Challenge Cup final. Then we've got Catalan next, and all of a sudden you've lost four games on the bike and you've slid from what looks great in second to sixth, and 
you've not won a final and, and you're out of the playoffs and everyone's like, what was that Lee Leopard thing all about? That was like a balloon that got popped, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's how quickly sport can do it to you. And, and we can all end up with, with nothing, you know, it's, it's a mad, mad game. Um, but that's why I think you've got to enjoy your moments when you get them, which which we both got. Yeah, and and we know uh, the Robins' history with the Challenge Cup and, and you know, you have to look back to 2015 uh, to see what happened there. But for, for Lee, Derek, the town, the place, how important is this is this Challenge Cup final? Is it is this putting Lee back on the map uh, and, and saying, look, we are serious, we're a big-time team and we deserve to be where we are? Yeah, I think it is. And I made a reference to, you know, to Hull FC and OKR when someone spoke to me today like that. And I said, well, you know, Wigan's always been, you know, like the, the mushroom that's been above us, keeping us uh, sort of in the dark. And we've never been able to get out and stay out and, and, and have that opportunity, you know, to kind of be an equal rivalry and, and compete and fight for things. So there's a lot of people living Lee that, that support Wigan and, and, and probably continue to do so. And they could kind of have Lee as the second team because it didn't matter. It was two different sort of things. And if you think back for 10 years, there was no promotion and relegation. So you could have a team in there and a team in there. And now it's kind of a bit of a more genuine thing. And I think this cements that as well as our position and our recruitment that we've already done next year and, and people that we've already signed, you know, like Lockheed Lamb uh, on extended terms and stuff. So it kind of shows that we are uh, going to be staying here. But we reckon we might just have the, the thing that makes a difference in Chris Chester, you know, because <laughs> he was a bit... He, he, I'm saying to him today, I said, mate, last time you went to Wembley, you took OKR there and deprived him of it, you know. <laughs> it's your fault. <laughs> I said, and if you go there and we win, you do know it'll be you who's deprived him again. You'll never be able to go to KR again. Uh, but he's, he was having a laugh, obviously. He, he still takes that bad, you know. Um, you can see when you're having a crack, you don't find it funny. No, and, and it is an important thing to remember because I remember in 2015 and players have talked about subsequently some of the preparations pre-game just wasn't right. Chris has obviously got that experience now. He, he, he's learnt, you know, he learnt the harsh way as we all did when we was uh, watching that game 50-0. But obviously, you're going to reap the benefit of that now with someone who's been there and, and got some things wrong. And, and you yeah. know, in terms of preparation, it's going to help you guys. And and what is this week looking like for Lee? I mean, it, you've already said off, off air how crazy it's been media-wise. And, and I'm guessing... For Adrian and the players, it, it, it's a different kind of week for them. Yeah, it is. And, we've, you know, I'm sure like you guys, we've part Super League where it is um, because, you know, that's, that's that. There was a big job to be done against Leeds for us to stay where we, we, we think we, we, you know, can be. Um, so we, and, 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 and also, uh, you know, in, in fairness, we, we don't have an academy and we don't have a big, massive squad. So, Although there was a number of other things that Lammy could have done, we, we, you know, we were hard on that. So a couple there not in. That obviously comes with risk of suspensions and things. We, we, we've got past that point. Um, you probably saw John Asiata had to um, come off and, and we couldn't get him back on. So obviously we'll be watching that with close eyes because he's a big player for us. Um, so I'm sure we'll get everything we can done there. Um, but yeah, it just looks like a new week, um, and, and it's kind of bizarre, really, because the last two times we've played you was after playing Catalan. Um, the first time we got stuck over there on a, on a plane and, and ended up not being able to do a lot going into the game, um, and just got that last second try as we spoke about last time. And, and I think a lot of you guys was 
happy that over the 80, we, we probably deserved to have just edged it. It was, it was that close. And then obviously he was unsettled and, and missing uh, players when he came to our place. And that was off the back of coming from Catalan where we planned to stay a day longer. So both times we've played you, we've come in with a short turnaround and, and we're having to do that again. So it's something we've done before and we're used to them and we won't get a lot on our feet. And we'll just enjoy it, mate. That's that's our message is, is enjoy it, embrace it. Let all our fans enjoy it. We've got a massive day out. I think it'll be great friendly rivalry because you know your clubs when we've come there have been really respectful of, of us and our fans there's no sort of bitterness or something yeah uh, everybody will just have a great thing i think the story in it in it all is whoever win if if we you know if we don't win i'll be really pleased for you know the people who i know who, who are diehard um fans who support me as, a, as an individual who makes them in the caravan industry and stuff like that but the diehard Robins and they'll hate me for the day, no problem, you know what I mean? But ultimately, once they realise if we do win, they'll be then happy for me and I'll be the same. They'll be happy for me, will be happy for everybody in OKR 40 years and, and, and you take it home. I think the big thing is it's a new name on the trophy and that's important that we get that breakthrough and not just the same old the same old name. So it's, it's going to be marvellous. When are you guys heading down, do you know? As a team, uh, you yeah, they're travelling down on Thursday. There's a big send-off planned at Craven Park. Uh, yeah. So they're inviting fans down to go to go wave the players off. And I think they're doing a few interviews and stuff like that. So they're, they're really built, getting behind them. And then obviously stay hotel Thursday night. Uh, I think got a training session at Wembley Friday. And obviously yeah. it's it's Saturday and you know it's thick and fast, isn't it? There's there's no there's, yeah for the players yeah. there's no time to rest really. Uh, it's funny you mentioned Derek about the uh, that first time we played Lee. I think you pulled the wool over our eyes when you came on the podcast because you was you was sub story doom and gloom you you pretty much written off your boys and then they come yeah. in and put a performance like that in so i don't know i don't know whether to take uh, anything you're saying with a pinch of salt at the moment well mate you, you always got you know, i'm not a coach but they do all always play the little mind games don't they but no genuinely i thought how oh, you guys were playing at the time and we was coming off some defeats and the preparation of, of the disruption in uh catalan I did think it would have been tough, um, but I just thought the resilience that day in defence, those, you know, I think it was 15, 16 plays on our line we defended, then completed the set on your corner flag. And I just, that told me a hell of a lot about that group of men back as far back then. And if you look at where uh, the semi-final against St. Helens, it was that same resilience in defence and, and, you know, never say die attitude that, that God was that win. And then against Leeds uh, yesterday, I don't know if you watched it, but I think again, it was our defence and determination not to, to give in in what felt like a semi-final game, if I'm honest with you, watching it, it emotionally, it was uh, it was draining. So I watched your game against Wigan, um, you know, and I thought, you know, well, we've struggled both times against Wigan. Um, they've put, I think, the highest score we've conceded um both times at the time um and, and i thought you guys was just really up for it so we're definitely gonna get you know we can all pull whatever wool and, and lammy can do his bit and, and willie is but we're gonna get without a doubt 34 guys that give everything they've got um i reckon that's a nailed uncertainty i think you just get that in a final and it's interesting what you said before about knowing how you prepare and, and what ches has been through lammy's obviously been the um, but Jack Hughes mentioned today, having gone the successive years at Warrington, and one year they did it a certain way, um, and, and probably felt like it was 
you know, the, the, the team with the bragging rights, if you will, and, and thought they was just going to turn up. And then another year they went there where that weren't the case and, and they did it differently and, and, and both got completely different outcomes. So I think there's a lot to learn about it. But at the same time, I think we've got to enjoy it. And I think the players have to enjoy it because how many players in our game go through the whole career and don't step out on Wembley? So you've got to embrace it and enjoy it. And like you just said, as fans or, or as owners or, or players, sponsors, families, wise, it'll be bang. And one of us will be a bit deflated and, and the other will be like kicked out their own head drunk for four or five days. You know, it's it's um, it's mad really. It's summer, it's summer to be old, mate. And it's been special in our places. We're driving around there today. Sure, you've got it at your uh, mm. time. You know, flags up posters in windows that kind of thing and it's like just great to see a town get behind it yeah and one thing that's i've been really impressed with derek as well is the um the campaign that you've done with the, the local council about helping nice. make sure that um is it carers and, and people might not necessarily be able to afford to get there are, are able to potentially get to the game yeah that's it so it's hard <laughs> It's, I've always said it's easy for um, any of us to to donate to something, and 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 you know, your ten pound might be worth more than you know another man's pound, but that guy's pound might be a bigger commitment out of what he's got than your ten pound, and that can go all the way through any figure. So, what really pleased me was to see different fans contribute to that, and then people contribute to it. Um, in honour of someone who they would have bought a ticket for, like the dad who's maybe no longer with them, and they've said, that's what I would have bought my dad, so you go instead of him. And, you know, we're making the earth stand up on the back of my neck. And, and whereas I thought that kind of figure uh, was achievable, I thought it would have been from businesses going, which some did, but, you know, grandy, a five, 500, yeah. uh, 750. And whilst that happened to a point, there was a significant amount made up of five pounds, 10 pounds, 20 pounds, you know, um, and that's just the whole community of rugby league, isn't it? And it's great. But I think the real champions are, are, are those, are, are the half of the community department. I know you guys have got a great one as well. But the, the half uh, Williamborough Council charity um, arm of, well, it's not a charity. It's, it, it, it's, um, it's, it's an organisation, if you will, that looks out for, for that uh, disadvantaged families and, and supports so largely it's you know you'll get people who they're just having difficult times and the, the school meals are provided so during a period of six weeks of no school that that was all taking it to grant for granted for some families the kids not being in school for six weeks is like a meal for five days a week they've got to find that they normally don't um as well as try and find some experience so i think the work they do is brilliant and and we've raised it we've obviously done all of logistics and the coach and, and, and everything. And actually there was a little bit of a, um, a, a thing on that because these just giving pages when you do them. Um, Steve Kerr, our CEO said to me, can you sort this invoice out for these AF coaches? I said, well, that's all been raised through. I've put my money on the page that that's been on there. Just get Anna out of the community to pay. He said, it doesn't get paid until 14 days after you <laughs> imagine if you didn't have it you've, yeah. you've raised it all and it's something you can't send anybody uh, but it's brilliant man. and then you know they've jumped in then and said wow this is a great response and, and put packed lunches on there any merchandise we've got left come uh friday night will get shipped down to the club and we'll, we'll land that out uh, on there and some of the old things that we had left from from before the rebrand and uh they can flood it with colour and just give people an opportunity that they just otherwise couldn't have. Will we have reached everybody nowhere near? 
and and will there be some people that aren't on that plan but can't go because even so it's still yeah. too much i do realize that but whenever you put your neck on the block trying to do something you'll always never get it perfect um but i think to to have 450 um parents and, and children combined uh going there which is just a dream for them. They've never been to London, most of them. It's just fantastic. And then some of the young curers, which are people that, that find themselves, I think my son's a young curer, uh, Rocky. <laughs> you know, Dad, you might top, you know, Magic um, Weekend. But uh, Sophia looked after me on that one with the clips you used. So, but some of, some of the, on a serious note, some of those young people, they end up, where they don't even before they know it on living their own life occurring for a parent within that household as, as they get older and they just make that their, their life because they just feel duty bound as as you do so it's a day out a, a bit of respite for them and you know some something that's fun where they're thinking about themselves for for once because they don't get a lot of chance to do that no it is it's a fantastic um it's a fantastic thing what's being done and and it's causes like this where you you see the rugby league community really get behind and like you said supporters from all different clubs on will have been donating so it's fantastic that these people are going to get the opportunity to experience a once in a lifetime occasion maybe you never know do you, you don't know when the next time i've learned that with supporting rovers recently you never know when the next time is so you know to appreciate and and, and and hopefully yeah they, they have a great time not too great a time where they get to enjoy the result but they get <laughs> they have a good day out um very brief on as well mate aren't we in the morning you know the, that, that's uh, what's the irony of that that it's a lee school bedford eye playing the school next door to yours is it saying sit roots or something like that is it the, the school? yeah so yeah. they're they're playing um a league team and then the coach of that uh, who coaches externally outside of the schools a guy called dean barmer and his son plays in that team so he'd be proud for him and then you've got Adrian Lamb coaching his son Lachlan Lamb, so that's like a, yeah, yeah. it's just stories all over it. But I, I, when somebody told, I knew Lee Schools was going there, Bedford High, but I didn't know they was playing a, a school from OKR. But actually, how good is that though? You know that like the, the two parent clubs, it shows that what's coming through in in the schools in both our areas, irrespective of where they end up in in, in the game, which clubs are, are the best school teams at, at, at you know year eight so i just think that's brilliant i tell you what Derek bowman um he gets a lot of detractors but i tell you what he's good value for what he says and to be fair he talks a lot of sense doesn't he um interesting what he said about john asiata and how he's being watched so it'll be very interesting to see whether he lines up for the league leopards on saturday i'm sure he will i'm sure it's a bit of smoke and mirrors um well, that's the Lee Leopard's perspective on the game. I caught up with some podcast regulars this week to hear what their views on the Challenge Cup final are. Well, here we are, guys. The, the Challenge Cup final is just a, a few short days away. Um, and it's great to have some of the podcast regulars on because uh, the people who are here now, they've lived and breathed Hulkington Roves for a number of years. And and Steve Till, uh, you've been on the podcast before, podcast regular. I mean, you messaged me and you told me that you've been to every single Wembley Challenge Cup final since 1964. We've only won one of them, Steve, so I don't know if you're a bad luck charm or not. But, I mean, Steve, the, the, the Challenge Cup, it must evoke some fantastic memories for you. 
Oh, it does. I remember as an 11 year old going to Wembley in 64 and getting on a steam train from Paragon Station at five minutes past midnight on the Friday night, Saturday morning. And we got into London at five o'clock and uh, in the morning and, you know, just wandered around London. It was a, I was with a friend and his father and um, we watched the game. We, uh, we'd lost, of course. As soon as the final whistle blow, he says, right, we're going back. And I never saw the cup presented. So I had to wait a fair amount of time until 1980 to see the cup get presented, but it got presented to Rovers. So I'm not that much of a, uh, um, what did you call me? A, a dinosaur. Yeah, I'm not that much of a yeah, dinosaur. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, seen some great, great performances. I mean, I even, in, I remember in 86, Rovers, John Lydia had scored that late try and John Dory had a kick from touch. And I, I was stood among, among a load of Castleford fans and uh, I just turned around to him and said, you don't deserve to lose this, you know. And Dora Hemis saw their woman, uh, you know. But that was, that was, you know, Rovers. It was the Miller final where Miller was injured. And, um, you know, of course, did, Castleford didn't deserve to lose it, but... Had, had we had a full, fully fit Miller, I think we might sneak that one. Um, yeah, Steve, it's funny you mention uh, John Dorahey because if you're listening uh, on the podcast, of course, his son's just been appointed assistant coach at Castleford uh, for the re remainder of the se season with De uh, Danny Ward, who, of course, who was another former Robin. Um, Graham, the Challenge Cup, it's a competition does it, that evokes fantastic memories and, and a lot of people... I've said whether it's um, whether it still has a place in rugby league, but you know, don't get me wrong, we are in the final. But it's a competition that still evokes memories of old. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm not quite as old as Steve, but can still remember the 80, 81, 86 finals um, as a you know as, as a kid, as a junior, and that anticipation of going down to London, the big city, to see your team there as a you know as a kid and, and all that London brings with it. A trip to London as a as a kid from East Hull was, was sort of quite special. So those those trips, those memories hold you know special place in, in, in my heart as well. And I think just the, the the whole history of growing up with rugby league, watching the old finals on the BBC and it was Cup final day. The Eddie Waring's of this world with the common legendary commentaries and you know the, the you know the guys on the on the podcast as well hopefully recall you know those those days as well. It was just a day in the calendar that was not to be missed, whether you were there or not. It was either watching it on the TV and the whole build up and the whole game and enjoying that, or if you were fortunate enough to get to the final with your team, going along and supporting your team in, in the big city. And as I say, as a as a as a young kid from from East Hull in the eighties. Um, it was a special place to, to 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 be down in London watching your team there, and for me, it is a piece of silverware. It doesn't matter for for me whether people feel it's a devalued competition. It's still a piece of silverware. It's still one of the only two real trophies you can win in 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 our game. So so for me, yeah, it's it's a very special competition. Yeah, and James, you know, I've been very fortunate. I've been seeing many many things at Wembley Stadium, and you know what? I never get bored of going. It's just a, an amazing stadium and when you get the opportunity to watch your team run out come out the tunnel you're amongst uh, supporters of the, of the club you support 
it's a fantastic occasion no matter what is in it and, and Wembley Stadium for me I know it was at Tottenham last year but Wembley Stadium is still the pinnacle of sport in our country and, and for the Robins to run out there on Saturday you know it is a special occasion it, it is you know it is it is you're right it's just an iconic venue and you know I've been fortunate to be you know 81 86 and the other one um it is Realistically, it's, it's one, you know, probably the, chance of, the biggest chance we've got to win anything. And just going back to the magic of it, my first ever rugby league game was a Challenge Cup final in 1976 when we used to go down, the old, old schools used to go down on the train on a Saturday, St. Helens against Widnes, and Peter Glynn got two tries. But yeah, it is, I think you, you could, it's a sort of, when you go, it's, you can go as a neutral and just enjoy the occasion. You know, I've been to the cup finals as neutrals and thoroughly enjoyed them. Ken, you don't have, obviously don't have the nerves that you're going to you get when uh, when your own team's playing there. But as you, you're right, it's just being there with your with your family, your friends, and the whole the whole community really, and just, Ken, just supporting your team the and with the chance of actually seeing them win a cup. Yeah, and Carl, I mean, if we fast forward now to the the modern day, um, I suppose in a way we need to maybe take out the emotion of the occasion because. Um, sometimes, you know, and we've seen that with the Robins in the past, haven't we? Where they become almost too emotional. It, it can, it can make teams make mistakes, do things that they don't normally do because the emotion of it, the occasion, gets the better of them. And, I, and I, what do you think, Carl? Do you think Rovers need a stealiness here? Do they need to for, almost forget about the fact it's a Challenge Cup final, or do they need to take it all in and, and use that to to propel them to victory? No, I think uh, I think you make a valid point in terms of uh, if it was me, I would try and keep things as as normal as possible. Uh, last time, obviously, was there as James alluded to. Last time we was there, not mentioning any years or dates or anything. <laughs> I think all lines. Exactly. That's why he said that other time. So I think in terms of preparation, I think the club came out didn't they and said. The preparation for that year was absolutely diabolical. That won't happen again. So, in terms of preparation for this, the Saturday's game, I think it's keep it as normal as possible. You know, the same routines through the week. Yes, there's going to be extra media attention, etc. But I think if you keep your norm, you keep your captain's room very similar, things like that, as, as much as you can, and you just take it as another game. I know that's an, I know that's a, a cliche in sport, but for me, you've got to keep it normal, composed around the place, and hopefully that gives them you know, the impetus to do the job on the field. It, it, it's funny though, Steve, isn't it? Because we just talked about that, that final that we're all trying to forget. And uh, the Lee Leopards, they've got a man in their camp who was uh, integral to them preparations and he saw what went wrong and he was part of some of the, some of the things that weren't quite right. And um, if you read some of the media reports, he's learned his lesson and he's, he knows what to do right now. Of course, we're talking about Chris Chester, who's director of rugby at Lee Leopards. Um, I wonder how much of a factor that will play in, in how Lee approach the game on Saturday. You can, all, you can tell them everything that went wrong, the way did everything wrong, but he hasn't done anything right yet. And... Um, I like Chris, I know Chris, and I like Chris. Uh, I think his first big decision that he made wrong was to put Dixon at fullback and play some cocaine. Uh, I, do you know I had to ask the better man who was Rovers captain that? Because I couldn't remember. Um, everything about that just has gone out the window. But coming on to Saturday, the one thing that um, 
we need to do is be patient. We've got to be patient and we've got to complete our sets. Two matches this season where we've messed about, thrown the ball about when we shouldn't have done, tried to release the ball, Salford in Magic weekend and Lee at Lee. Um, you know, we didn't value the, we didn't value possession in both those games. And and I think that, that needs to change on Saturday. I think we've got to be patient because my view on it is that they're going to come at us early because because they played a game last Sunday, six-day turnaround. I think if we went in at a, a head or, or six behind, we win the game. You know, if we go in at half-time, either a head or six behind, we win the game. Because surely that the, the last two games Lee have had is going to take its toll on them. And so I think they'll come at us hell for leather. They'll throw everything at us. And what we've got to do is be patient, do the tackling and complete our sets. And I think if we do that, we're on our way. Graham, uh, I mean, Steve's saying be patient. You'd imagine, though, these players, especially the ones who've had the rest, you know, for didn't play in the, the previous fixture against Wigan Warriors, they must be absolutely chomping at the bit to get out on the on the Wembley turf. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how the Robins approach it, especially that start, because um, we saw in the Wigan game, you know, there's um, you've got to keep in the arm wrestle, you've got to keep going, take your opportunity when it comes. Um, I suppose the danger for the Robins is that they come out too fast and try to do too much too soon, and, and at the end of it, we get Cherry picked off. Yeah, we, we've seen it in games before where where teams come out overhyped up and and overexcited and you know, they're, they're making fundamental errors because they're, they're, they're too pumped up for it. So I think you know I think what Steve said around patience is key. Um, you can't win it in minute one or minute ten. You, you've got to play it for a full eighty minutes and, and be composed with it. And I, I think with with anything, there's a there's a balance to be had of getting people hungry for the game and, and look they'll, they'll be out on the pitch on Friday getting used to the stadium and the turf and all of that they'll, they'll do captains run on, on the pitch itself and and have a dedicated training session so they can get all that out of the way with those that have never been to Wembley before they can do all that so Saturday is just about the game and it's again going back to, to cliches it's you've got to play the game and not the occasion the, the occasion will overall you if you're thinking about blimey there's 80,000 people here um, it's the challenge you've got to put that to the back of the mind and just play the game and, and as 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 the lads have alluded to there is do what we're good at what what got us through the Wigan game in that semi-final a couple of weeks back what 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 was it that got us through that well it was effort it was hard work it was perseverance it was it was completing sets it was being cool under pressure when, you know, when, when the time matters it was game management all those things again have got to come to the fore and we need the you know the leaders of the groups to to remind people if if people are getting a bit too excited to just stick to the game plan that, that you know Peters and the coaching staff will have given them and execute that as planned. Yeah, James, I've got a starting lineup of uh, Mikey Lewis at fullback, Ethan Ryan, Tom Opacek, Sean Kenny Dowell, Ryan Hall, Schneider and Lewis in the halves, uh, King starting prop with Kennedy, Parcel or Lytton, big question mark over who starts there at hooker, with Bachelor and Lynette in the second row, Minchella number 13, and then on the bench, of course, Lytton or Parcel. Start on Luckley and Hadley. Are you expecting anything different to that? No, I'm not. You know, that's that's the, the, the type of team I would have gone with as well. I think you know, it, it all really hinges on you know whether Ryan Hall's going to be fit. I think you know, obviously Ryan Hall comes in, he goes straight in there. 
Ethan Ryan goes to full back and Mickey goes into the uh, the halves with uh, Schneider. Um, I think, you know, just going to the point that Graham was making about the, you know, keeping calm and, um, you know, just playing uh, playing the game, not the occasion. I think, you know, one of the advantages we'll have is, you know, we've got players like Ryan Hall, Kenny Dowell, Lynette, Parcel, who've, who've done it on the big stage. You know, you know, we've got grand final NRL grand final winners in our squad. We've got Super League grand final winners, Super League grand Challenge Cup final winners. You know, those are the type of players, and it's those leaders that will come to the fore and help the younger players like Mikey and Ethan Ryan. You know, to uh, you know, to settle down. But I think that squad. You look at it, and I think there's a lot of debate during the week about who's going to be on that bench and people sort of saying, you know, putting uh, you know, Jimmy Kynhorst in for his versatility or, you know, to bring Matty Stoughton in, you know, love Jimmy to bits, you know, and he's got that experience and he can, you know, he can play in any position. But I think on the day, I think, you know, given where Matty Stoughton's been playing this season, you know, he, for me, he, he, he's, his name is one of the first on the, on the team sheet. And I think that team there, you just read out, you know, it's got really good balance to it. And it's, Again, it puts us in a nice position where we're actually thinking potentially leaving, you know, some really good quality players out of that squad, you know, who've performed this season, but they're not, you know, potentially not going to make it on the, in the on on Saturday, and you know, that's where we wanted to be, you know, beginning of the season. Yeah, and and James, before anyone does DM me or at me, um, I did put Mikey Lewis in that team twice. Don't get me before anyone comes at me. Mikey Lewis, I put out fullback and I put him in the halves as well. Of course, I meant Ryan Milnes. And Cal, was you surprised? I mean, you was at Wigan on Friday night. Ryan Milnes, he lined up in the halves. And, and some people questioned whether, um, uh, because he played against Wigan, whether he would feature in the side in the Challenge Cup final. But for me, um, he's earned his place in the side at Wembley. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, I don't think I don't think it was a surprise he played against Wigan on Friday night. I think it was a case of filling a hole and maybe getting a bit more confidence in him. Uh, but what he certainly does does he steady the ship, doesn't he? You know he's got a reasonably good kicking game, long and short. So it's, it's no surprise he played Friday, and I think I think he merits a start a starting position on Saturday. I mean he's I don't I'm not sure the stats you might be able to tell me, Chris, but he's played quite a few consecutive games now, hasn't he? So. Yeah. He's obviously doing something clearly right. Yeah, and, and we was all crying out for that when he got that run of games before he got injured, of course. Uh, he's come back and, and to you fight. You're right, Carl. I think he does steady the ship. Uh, Steve, I mean, Wembley, it's a, it's a theatre of sport, isn't it? It's, it's an opportunity for people to take to the stage and, and put their best performance in. Who are you looking forward to seeing take, uh, take their place on the Wembley pitch on Saturday? You know... I just want to make a mention of another club here um, that, that are providing Rovers with four of their players. And it's an amateur club. It's West Bowling in Bradford. Yeah. Four Rovers players that have played for West Bowling. And we're talking Mills, uh, Ryan, Minchella and Stoughton. Any one of those. If any, I, I think Minchella could have a blinder. I think Minchella yeah. plays his normal game. The pack get on top. And I think Minchella could could it'd be one of my bets for the Lance Todd trophy. But the other one is is Mills. If Rovers Pack can calm the Lee six down, stop Lee the, the Lee Pack from dominating the game, the Lee halfbacks will disappear. You know, it doesn't matter how good your halfbacks are, if your forwards are no good, your halfbacks are no good in my opinion. And um and so 
if Rovers Park can get on top with people like Stoughton and Minchella, then then Mills and Schneider, uh, they could shine. They could shine. So, and the other one I'm looking forward to is uh, Skids. Yeah, Sean Kenny Dole. Um, again, he's he's. A, I've, I've got two bets for the last Todd Trophy for Rovers, and that's Minchella and Sean Kenny Dole. And uh, if ever a player deserved a good send off, it's SKD. So, and of course, then you're, you're looking at Mikey. We'll see how he goes, how they handle him. Um, but yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There's, there's so many different battles out there, and um, it's going to be interesting. But my view is if the pack get on top, then Rovers win. Yeah, Graham, I mean, Steve made a good point there about. Uh, if the pack gets on top, I mean, part of the pack for the Lee Leopards is uh, Edwin Mbappe. I mean, he's been one of the star performance uh, performers for the Lee Leopards, and and um, it's going to be interesting to see he how he fares up, and it's going to be interesting to see for the Robins how Willie Peters goes in terms of who's the starting hooker on Saturday, isn't it? Because we've seen this season Parcells being favoured, there uh, lately Jez Litton's been the favoured hooker. I mean, they both bring different. Qualities to the side at different times. Yeah, absolutely. And again, just on it, Papi, I agree, he's been one of the standout players. Um, what's a relatively unknown because most people saw him through the uh, through the World Cup and recognised that there was a good talent there, uh, and he's continued that 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 good form with with Lee this season. And I think we 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 know that. I guess the the challenge is to work out how to stop that, um, stop him playing. Um, and what you know, stop him from what he's good at of being dynamic with in and around that rook and, and very quick players uh, and darting forward. So how do we make sure that we're switched on to that every time he's looking for that you know for that gap or, or lazy people getting back? So we've got to you know that's going to be one of our target areas to, to to look for. And if we can control that, as as Steve said, we can then control them if they aren't getting that quick play of the ball. For us, you again, you're right. Is is tinkered with with the parcel Litton combination throughout the season when they've both been available and and played them in various formats of, of one before the other and then one um, coming on you know the same time as the other as, as as both on the field at once and then sometimes it's been a like for like swap. So it'd be interesting to see what sort of game plan he wants to go with 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 Parcel when he's been coming on re recently. He seems to bring a. a a different dynamic play to, to, to the game when he comes on uh, onto the field, as opposed to when he's starting and, and then swaps over with Litton. So, look, I think either way, um, Peters goes. He he knows the players the best. He, he's going to make that call. I just hope they get um, you know get the game that both we know both of them have got. They get to show that game because if they both can do that, then it means we're going to be on the front foot. We're going to be dominating them. They're going to have to be worrying a lot about what we're doing going forward rather than the other way around. Yeah. I'm going to ask uh, James and Carl two different questions here. I'm going to ask James, um, where do you think the game will be won for the Robins? And Carl, I'll come to you after James. I'm going to, where could it be lost for the Robins? James? Oh, gosh. Um, for me, it's got to be in the forwards because they say the forwards are going to lay, lay that platform for you. If, if the forwards are going to get on top, it may be, you know, be a tough battle because you know Lee have got some decent forwards. But if the forwards can get on top and we've got some, you know, some 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 strength and skills coming off the bench, that gives that platform then for Mills and Schneider to uh, to work it and bringing in the um, bringing the centres and the wings and fullback. So I think for me that's that is going to be the key. And 
that first 20, 20 minutes, 20, 25 minutes or so is going to be so vital. As you said earlier, I think, you know, they're going to come at us hard, but we need to weather it. Because I think, you know, a couple of games this season, a few games this season, we've not started particularly well and sort of been, been quite slow off the blocks. Can't afford that on Saturday. You've got to be on the on it straight away and just take this, I think, really take the sting out of Lee. And that that's going to be the jobs of the forwards. And, you know, I'm looking forward to seeing, you know, the likes of Kennedy and King continuing the, the basically, you know, the, the, the outstanding form they've had over the last, you know, the last few games. Well, you know, King, since he's been with the club, but, you know, Kennedy, you know, really coming to his fore now. And I think he's really showing the, the value on, you know, what we I think we were going to get. And it's, you know, he's been, you know, outstanding. So, yeah, for me, it's the forwards. Yeah. And Carl, I mean, let's be honest, the Robins have been far from perfect this season. Um, if we are to lose the game, where, where, what do you think the reason will be for that? Uh, probably scramble defence. Uh, as James alluded to a second ago, it's like every rugby game, whichever pack gets on top, you know, from the offs, it seems to get the air packs going, which creates chance for the wide men. So if, if Rovers can, can scramble well, can keep their ball players off, you know, off the ball and away from our goal line, you know, that gives us a good chance to, to also not lose the game, but go on to win the game and go to the end of the field. So that's, for me, it's a one-on-one scramble defence decisions. If we get them right, great. We can, it gives the impetus to go up the end and score tries. If, if not, you know, you're going to concede tries. And Steve, I mean, could this go to Golden Point? It's very difficult, isn't it, to pick pick a winner between the two sides. You know, I think if a side does win, it might be four, maybe six at most points, or it might even be a golden point victory. Do you, do you expect the same? As long as O'Brien's not taking the kick for Lee. Um, <laughs> yeah, it could. 20 to 1 the draw. Good. I looked at that in the betting shop today. 20 to 1 for the draw. Um, Good value, yeah. that. That's Good value. Yeah, well, you know, that's what it is. Uh, Rovers are getting four star in the local betting shop, um, which is the sponsor's betting shop. Um, and, yeah, it's that. it could be that tight. It could be that tight. I think, as I say, Lee will come out as an alpha ladder because they'll want to build up some points for when they tire towards the end of the game. Because sure as eggs is eggs, the way they, you know, after the last couple of games they've had, and the, the closeness of the last game six days ago, uh, there's a chance that they're going to tie. We talked about both teams forwards, but you know, Lee have got some bloody good backs as well, haven't they? you know. Um, but I think we equal them in the backs. Um, I just hope that, that, like I say, we're patient, we tackle them, we take the, the fire out of them, and then we strike. What is it Peter's used to say? Say win the game and score, then score the points. And hopefully that's what I think. First half, win the game, and in the second half, go out and score the points. Well, that's the fans' perspective on Saturday's Challenge Cup final against the Lee Leopards. And I think it's only fitting now we hear from a man who's been there in the red and white of Hulkington Rovers, who's been to Wembley and who's lifted the uh, Challenge Cup trophy in the famous red and white of Hulkington Rovers. I caught with uh, Dave Hall a long while ago for a Heritage cast. So let's go back to the vault and let's listen to Dave Hall's memories of winning the Challenge Cup final for Hulkington Rovers. It, it wasn't, obviously, it wasn't the best of games that, that Wembley's produced, but 
it was it was a pressure game, obviously being the derby, the old derby. And like I said, when they had, had got um, when they had got through, it, it was just that was it for three weeks before the game. It was just continual uh, talking about it. You know what I mean? It, and we left on the Wednesday to go up to uh, up to London. Um, and when we when we went down the Wembley Way, it was it was a feeling that you couldn't believe. And then. We went around Wembley and it was it was getting a bit full. We had to walk around, but then when you come out to the cauldron at Wembley Stadium, you know, ninety five thousand, just red and white and black and white. It was it was a moment I'll never forget. And I must admit, when the auto went, the relief you, you just drained out of you. You know what I mean? It was it was incredible to uh, to win, and the homecoming was was just as good as well. You know, the homecoming was fantastic. Never seen so many people in my life. Yeah, but we can we can live on the memories till till the both teams go there again, can't we? Yeah, yeah, and I suppose Dave, for you being a supporter of the club, um, you know, you must have felt a bit of added pressure because not only are you looking after your your professional career, you know, it's where you're earning your money, etc. Uh, no, no doubt if you win a trophy, it opens up a few more doors for you. But also being a supporter and knowing how much it means to the to the community, it must have added a, a bit of extra spice for you. Yeah, uh, I mean, you, you, you know, when you're playing, I say we had some great rapport with with the supporters. Um, there was fantastic followed us all over in the thousands. You know what I mean? And that was for them. You know what I mean? The support we had over them years was was brilliant. Now, I mean, even Rovers now they're getting great support. You know, uh, you know, travelling support. You know, when our Craig was there, I used to go and couldn't believe how many people you know went away. It was just like our day. You know what I mean? We've always had that great support away. But in saying them years, there, there was there was fantastic supporters, and, and and you know we appreciated every 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 time we went away. The, the away, away support it really lifted us. Yeah, and I'm just going to read out the team from that day, uh, Dave. Yeah. And obviously, yeah. you, you was that fullback. You had Steve Hubbard, Mike Smith, Steve Hartley, Clive Sullivan, obviously Roger Millwood, Alan Agar, Roy Holstock, David Watkinson, Brian Lockwood, Paul Rose, Phil Lowe, Len Casey, and then the substitutes with. Phil Hogan and John Millington and, and what what really stands out from me and this is me sort of probably looking back you know it, it is is the experience and the leadership that was in that team not just the ability but the the there was you know proper men in that team who were who were able to probably get you over the line when other teams might have faltered yeah true enough mate yeah the, the leaders like you say I mean when you just mentioned that pack probably the best pack um well, I know it's the best pack I've ever played behind. You know, being fullback behind that pack for three years, it was a it was an easier job than you thought. You know what I mean? What's uh, and 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 then you look at it and they're nearly all old lads out there. You know, I said there was only David, uh, Mockey and Lockie, and then we had but we had Miller on the bench. They're nearly all old kids. You know what I mean? And um, it was that was a proud moment. So have a pack like that. You know. Yeah, and it's not often as well that the a prop gets man of the match and Brian Lockwood. Yeah, yeah, Brian right, got man of the match. I thought if I'd have picked a man of the match for us, for me, it'd have been Alan Agar. You know, I think when Roger got his, his Jordan, really Alan took over, you know what I mean? He he just kept us all together nice and tight, you know what I mean? Talking all the time. And yeah, I think man had just, just about gone to Alan, I think, if I'd have been picking it. Yeah, and it must have been, been great to line up alongside uh, Roy Oldstock as well. Oh man, yeah, it's me. Yeah, uh, it's my brother-in-law, right? Um, and I tell you, him and Miller in the in the years, 
the net that was absolutely fantastic. They went forward every time they got the ball. They went forward. They worked the socks off, and they played usually for the eighty minutes as well. Do you know what I mean? Um, that was just incredible. Two brilliant props. Uh, two of the best we've had. You know, um, in all King Rovers years, I'm sure. Yeah, and it's incredible, really, isn't it? Because we've almost gone full circle now because you've got props who are again, once again, playing 80 oh. minutes. Where <laughs> obviously, back then you had to, the, the, you know, the, you only had a couple of substitutes on That's the bench, right. didn't you? That's right. And uh, and I, it hurts me to see sometimes you go watch um, you go watch these games and you see props do a quarter of an hour, 20 minutes, and they put their hands up to see yeah. kind of come off, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, you know what I mean? But there you are. Yeah, but yeah, you, you, obviously, yeah. you know, you must have been delighted to win the trophy and then to come home and bring it home to Hull. I've seen the videos on YouTube of the, the parade at Hull City Hall stood on the balcony. You know, you, you can't count how many people are there, thousands upon thousands. And, yeah. you know, it must have been a bit of a surreal moment for you. Yeah, it was. Um, because we, we actually got the bus when we come back. We, we went to um, oh, Gilberdike, Newport, just, you know, around there to pick the top bus up. And Hull had one as well. And there was there. You know what I mean? And we had the trophy on ours and there was the end that was crying. It was literally crying. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm not kidding. It, it, you know, I mean, there was mates and all that. And it, to see grown men, there was, you know, because they knew how much it meant, you know, to have that trophy. And we've we, we'll come back to, we'll come down Greenwood Avenue and Sutton Road, you know, that way. And then as we hit Sutton Road and we went through Sutton and Long Hill, oh, and then once we hit Holness Road, it was, from one end to the other, just absolutely rammed. I never seen so many people in my life. And what a feeling, you know, fantastic. And then to get to the city hall and stand on there, you felt you felt ten feet tall, you know, brilliant. Wow, just wow. What fantastic memories from Rovers legend Dave Hall, of course, father of another fan favourite of the Robin supporters, Craig Hall. And that is it. That is the last Red Robin podcast weekly before the Robins take on the Lee Leopards in the eighth Challenge Cup final to feature Hulkington Rovers. Rovers set to be backed by a bumper crowd at Wembley. So if you are fortunate enough to be at the game, and I'm sure you are, Make sure that you're loud, be proud and play your part in pushing the boys to victory. On Saturday, the Red Robin Podcast Weekly is powered by Budget Size Auto Centre, the only car specialist trusted by the players, officials and supporters of Hulkington Rovers. For now though, live, love, laugh and be happy. <laughs>